It's the horror movie series that will haunt us forever. We're talking to Ted Pfeiffer, co-writer of Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil, which means it's a special clapback episode of Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all... Hello, welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven. I am joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well today. Good. And of course, Brian, the Unipiper Kid, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm still hanging in there. Good, good. Well, we have a very special episode today with guest Ted Pfeiffer, who is a co-writer of the two movies that we've reviewed, A Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil. How are you, Ted? I am doing fantastic, and I am very happy to be here today. Good. Well, that's good to hear. So the way that this happened uh, is that when it was a, maybe a month or a month and a half ago, we got a back when our Facebook page uh, still existed, which hopefully I'll remember to mention that at the end of the show. Uh, but we got a message from uh, from you, Ted, asking if we would ever talk to some of the creators of the movies that we quote hated. <laughs> and uh, so all of us uh, on the show, as we re re received that panicked and wondered if, it, if you were someone that we should be afraid of or, or what was going to happen. So we, we talked back and forth and, and uh, it seemed like it would be a great opportunity to have you on our show. So, so I guess the question is, how did you come across our show and, and listen to the episodes? So I was um, looking at, I, I went back and I watched Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil. I don't know why I did that, but I, I was doing it. <laughs> it. You know, we're all locked in our houses, right? Um, and then I went on the, uh, on the Google and started just searching Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil and started finding these random uh, YouTube reviews that just, you know, one out of five stars, which I think was, you know, was fantastic. Uh, and then I just stumbled upon the podcast and listened and absolutely just fell in love with it. Um, and then that, so I listened to Harvest first and then the one on Path of Evil second. Um, but I think one of the, the best lines that I think um, came out of it is and I don't know who said it, but one of you said, I'm never talking about this movie again. <laughs> And so sure that that's Todd to make one of you do it. I figured I would reach out and now you're actually talking about it. So yes, we are. Yes, sir, to that was Todd, I think. Yeah, I, I believe it was. And after you initially uh, contacted us, I did go back and listen to uh, both of the episodes and, and, Actually, it's really funny because I believe after all of the shows that we've done, we've done maybe 35 or 40 at this point. And I do think that uh, Harvest of Fear is my favorite episode that we've <laughs> ever done, ironically. But we, yeah, we were not very kind. So, but before we kind of get into our complicity in being terrible people that judges other people's <laughs> arts, um, why don't we kind of back up and and find out uh, a little bit about you, Ted? What what is your what is your origin story, as it were? Oh wow, look at that! Um, back in 1985, <laughs> as a sophomore in high school, uh, I got my first job working at the Southgate Movie Theater. 
So in Milwaukee okay, and uh, worked in movie theaters, uh, started as, uh, you know, serving popcorn and drinks to tearing tickets, to selling tickets, to being a projectionist, to an assistant manager, to being the youngest general manager of Act 3 theaters back in uh, 19, would have been 90, 91. Um, and I left there and I ended up going to uh, work at Blockbuster Video and managed a bunch of Blockbuster videos. Uh, left that, went to uh, bookstores and managed bookstores. Left, went from there and went to a place called Rentrack, which sold videos to video stores. Um, so I've been in kind of the movie business, you know, since the first job I ever had. All of those, all of those things were uh, my dream job growing up, by the way, and none of which I ever got to do. So congratulations on living my best life. There you go. I used to do work for Rent Track back in the day. They were. Oh, really? Yeah, they were just located down by uh, Portland Airport, and uh, yep. I I would uh, write code for uh, the website and oh, and logistics nice. stuff. See, it's, it's all full circle. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it, so, yeah. So um, when I was actually working um, at the bookstore, that's when I wrote my first script. And yeah, I still have it. It's in a uh, just a spiral um, notepad that I just I hand wrote a, a screenplay and um, went to Mount Hood Community College, got a degree in television production. Um, and so that kind of just kept me going that way. And then. The, the craziest thing happened. I, I get kind of poached from rent track by someone to sell real estate. And um, so he hook, hooks me up with this builder. And within the first week of meeting the builder, um, he's like, hey, I'm an actor. And I go, hey, I'm a writer. And he goes, we should make a movie. And I go, I got a script. And he goes, send it to me. And a week later, he goes, I got the money. Let's make a movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... So that was the the beginning of Harvest of Fear. Um, wow. Now, as you say, I'm listed as co-writer because my brother, Chris, is listed there as well because he and I wrote a script called Who's Killing the Kids in Clarkstown? <laughs> and it it is awesome, and it would be great to shoot uh, today, but that's the one that I wanted to use for Harvest of Fear. And he said, no, I'm not. I don't trust you to make this movie. Um so I basically kind of took parts of that to, to write Harvest of Fear. Um, my brother really does not like the fact that his name is associated with Harvest of Fear. Um, <laughs> oh, no. he, he has denounced it. Um, he's like, no, that's yours. Just take it. it it's yours. <laughs> so, but, so that was basically the, the origin of me starting at working in a movie theater to this kind of, you know, one day conversation that turned into going to shoot a movie. Now, does your brother have any sort of a uh, career in the movie industry today? So he used to. So he uh, used to be uh, like a first AD, uh, like on Dr. Giggles <laughs> and um, the TV show Under Suspicion that was shot here. Uh, so he he worked on a ton of different stuff back in the day. Oh, um, wow. And then anytime I do something new, he also helps me out. Now he's uh, one of the owners of the Barrel Room, um, the bar, the piano bar down in uh, huh. uh, downtown. So Interesting. Yeah. So I, you have this, you have this script then you, uh, with, with, and so who is the person that you met that would suddenly was able to hand you a movie, <laughs> your coworker, who is this person? So that would be the, uh, Jake Barker in the movie. So Justin Ament, okay, yeah. um, is, uh, is a home builder. And so I was working with him and he was the one and he was an actor. 
And so he's like, hey, I've got some money. Let's make this movie. So that was kind of the uh, the start. So did did you guys have like a crew? Was this maybe was it just like a uh, scrabble? Like how how at, when you're moving from the script to getting it put together, what did that look like? So it it was fast, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, once it was written, we um, one of our producers, Michael Jones, uh, who's worked on a ton of stuff uh, as well. Um, he got us hooked up with um, with the crew, and we we got we had a full full on crew. We did all of our casting, um, you know, did a bunch of different casting sessions uh, to make sure we hired who we wanted to hire. We we decided um, Ryan Deal, who plays Billy, um, had this Matt Damon looking vibe, so we thought, what the hell? Um, Carrie Finkley was just uh, had just um, acted in Elephant the Gus Van Zandt film uh, yeah. right before that. Um, so as we were going through casting, I mean, we, we, it, this was a legit, uh, legit filmmaking experience, uh, even down to uh, just location scouting and, you know, hiring, hiring everybody. So was this your <laughs> first experience in like actually making stuff or had you been doing things up to that point outside of writing or is, or is this your first foray into it? So I worked on a movie uh, for USA television called Fatal Exposure. Um, and that was er, mid or maybe late uh, 80s, early 90s. Um, and so I was on the swing gang for that. And then I actually, in Dr. Giggles, I drove a car. Um, and I'm in it for about four seconds. Um, wow, nice. Yeah, which was pretty, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, and so I've just kind of always been around. But this was the first time actually, you know, writing it act and when we decided that i could you know put myself in one of the roles of course i beefed up that role a little bit um <laughs> so this was, this was my first uh first acting uh acting gig too so um but again it, it was it was hey how can we make something that's fun and and see what happens so then did you have other roles outside of then you being a script writer and then be your acting part did you have like a day-to-day -day role in the production no, no, that that was it. I was just on set pretty much every day and just made sure that, you know, I was kind of hanging out. I was, uh, I guess, an associate producer or whatever you want to kind of label that. But it was just like, OK, I'm the writer and I'm one of the actors. And and so I kind of kind of did that. So then how does Brad Goodman get involved? He, so, he's who directed it, correct? Yes. So he um, he and Justin knew each other. And so he brought Brad on board uh, to direct. And I had no issue with that because I'd never directed anything before. So, you know, it's like, yeah, let's let's actually have a director. Um, so he came on board and pretty much uh, the script was was pretty much shot the way it was written. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, Path of Evil, that's a whole nother story and just a uh, a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to that. But before we do, um, I'm curious about like your um, original vision for what the movie would do once it was made. Did you envision this going to theaters? Was it going to run the circuit or was this a, a supposed to go direct to video? What, what did success uh, look like in your mind? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think so. First, the goal was let's make something that's campy and fun and goofy and, you know, still kind of have that 80s slasher thing to it. Um, but we were thinking because I had worked um, with Rentrack and we were thinking, you know, we get in video stores, things like that. We went down to um, 
film uh, festivals and things uh, down in California, try to sell it, um, that type of stuff. We ended up, it, it was funny because Harvest of Fear, we sold and it got distributed internationally all over the place. Hmm. But we did not get domestic distribution. <laughs> and then a year later, we made Path of Evil because who doesn't make a sequel less than a year after <laughs> you just made the first one? Um, so we did that and we actually got domestic distribution for Path. And we said, hey, we've got this other movie, Harvest. It's actually the prequel. Um, and so they ended up buying that as well. So then we got domestic distribution too. But there, there's nothing cooler than walking into a Hollywood video or a blockbuster and seeing your movie on the shelf and you take the box away and somebody had rented it. Oh, you know? so, 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 nice. it was, so somebody rented it. Very so satisfying. That, that was success. Um, success to me as a... Uh, a filmmaker or a creator or anything is talking to you guys. The fact that, that you watched it, you ended up having a, it sounded like an amazing time talking about it. Um, <laughs> but the, the fact that something I did got somebody else to, to talk or enjoy something. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It, it creates moments. That that's so listening. Cause again, I listened back to the two episodes we did it and, and, on this show, we we like to have fun. That's what you know. We're we're all about. Do you think we were unfair to it? Oh God, no, no. You were you were spot on, um, and that's why I love it so much because it is. I mean, there are well, I, I'll I'll talk about our our breathing corpse. Uh, yes, and, and and yes, the fact that she ran around with her shirt off for I don't know eight minutes of the start of the movie. <laughs> Um, and I always, whenever I go back and watch it, I always forget that it was really that long that she was doing that for. It just, it's uh, like when you watch the room and you forget the first 20 minutes of the uh, room is just nothing but Tommy was those sex scenes. I'm just, I'm just like, Oh my God. I and when I like have people watch it and then they go, did you realize that? I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot. Um, but so so we're, we're shooting the scene um, in the coroner's office, which I love because, A, Dr. Carpenter is wearing his fish, fishing vest over his, you know, doctor clothes. Um, and so they're standing over the girl. They, they whip back the sheet. It looks like she had already had, uh, you know, had been looked at by the coroner, yet she's still wearing her underwear. So go figure. Um, so... We're watching it. And okay, remember, this is early 2000. So 2003, 2004, we're watching it on this little monitor in the back, right? And we're like, is she breathing? And we're like, no, that looks good. Yeah, no, no, she's not breathing. <laughs> so cut months later, now we're editing and the screen is maybe a, you know, 18 inch computer screen that the guy's editing on. And we're like, yeah, you can kind of tell she's breathing a little bit. <clears throat> Cut to the premiere that we did at the Hollywood <laughs> Theater, and now you're on a big screen. You can tell she's breathing, and the whole audience erupts in laughter. <laughs> and and at that point, I knew that I had like we we did it, like this was going to play because the crowd was into it. It was it was unintentional for her to be breathing, but it just it it hit the mark. So, <laughs> but no, you like you, if you guys watch it, you were talking about it. You, I mean, there's, there are so many little mishaps, flaws, um, things in it that you guys just nail that 
made it so fun for me to listen to it. That's great. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, and to be fair, even putting this Skype conversation together is has been like riddled with technology <laughs> errors. And I mean, anyone who's ever made anything, let alone a video or a movie, I mean, 10 million things go wrong all day long and it's just compensating and doing the best. So, I mean, to try to, to try to pretend that, <laughs> you know, we're ex expecting something, but, but it's, it's, it's fun to see it come together. And, and I mean, it what we, I had a, have had a great time down this, this path of evil. That we've <laughs> um, yeah, our, our movie selection is somewhat limited given the uh, subject nature of our show. Um, so to have something like this that we can latch on to and have it be the gift now that has <laughs> continued to give, um, th there has definitely been some fun that we've been able to squeeze out of these films, even though we were pretty sure we were uh, hit close the door on them. <laughs> It was funny to hear myself say, and I'll never talk about this again. And this is the like third year of my life that has been consumed by this movie. <laughs> Love it. It's awesome. Uh, so so I, how did you guys end up in Estacada? Uh, so, yeah. So when we just started, we wanted small town, uh, wanted somewhere, someplace that we could kind of take over. Um, they literally treated us like we were Hollywood. I mean, free coffee, you know, just any, they just look at us like we were like the, you know, Hollywood coming into small yeah. town of Cicada. Oh, yeah. And the um, sheriff station was City Hall. So we okay. took over City Hall and created, made the sheriff station out of that. Um, like the restaurants that we shot in, super, they were super nice. Um, Where was, uh, there was one cafe and then there was another that was kind of like a bar restaurant that we thought was the Buffalo Gap, but I don't think that's the case. Where was that? No, the, uh, the bar was the, I want to say it was called the Safari Club. Okay. And then the cafe was, um, just right down kind of on, on main street. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they let us shoot ever the, the, um, uh, coroner's office was, um, a chiropractic office that we just kind of converted into the coroner's office um, and put up as many taxidermy animals as we could find. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, the Harvest Fest party um, was a uh, was it a senior home, um, and so that is why basically we just shot in that big room and then went upstairs to the hallway. Um, and shot that the, the the kill scene in the hallway, which I love the fact that you pointed out um, when he dies, the camera pans up to the men's room sign. <laughs> so that was all me that like I it was in the script that that is what was going to happen, because that was just the gag of the fact that he was just trying to go to the bathroom, man. Yeah. And <laughs> next thing you know, um, but actually one night we shot super late one night and they let us just crash there. So most of the cast and crew, uh, just, you know, crashed in some of those rooms. <laughs> and didn't and this they is... call you the Hollywoods? They did call us the Hollywoods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And That's so there so was nice. actually seniors living there at this time. Yeah. So we had certain floors that we could shoot on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that so, was a rager. So <laughs> it was <laughs> an amazing party. 
So had you planned on a sequel or like, because we had postulated on the Path of Evil um, because there was kind of, there was a budget increase between the two movies. And so I postulated, and it sounds like it's sort of true that you guys sold the distribution rights, got a little Mm -hmm. money from that and kind of went forward using that money. Was there a plan before that or is that how it just kind of ended up? We were, when we were finishing shooting Harvest, we are having such a good time. We said we should make another one. So the first one wasn't even like in the can and edited yet. So it was just like, Hey, let's just go make another movie. It'll be great. Um, the problem we ran into was I had written this amazing script for the sequel in which I killed off, um, Billy and Stacy within the first eight pages. Oh, nice. (laughs) And so it was going to be this completely different, different story. And, uh, Brad and Justin did not want to go that direction. And so they decided, um, so we, all three of us kind of tried to write together, collaborate a little bit. And then at one point I'm just like, you know what, I'll give you one more, uh, one more pass on the script and, you know, cut me a check and then you guys can just, you know, write the rest. Um, and so that's why path of evil kind of has this, the campy horror stuff that I wrote and then this weird love triangle thing. And then the weird professor (laughs) book writer (laughs) thing. Um, so that was kind of what happened with path of evil. Um, and so harvest of fear, I truly, I, I stand behind that movie because it is fun. It's campy. It's goofy. It hits. It, it's a mystery. A lot of people try to figure out who it is and don't really know who the killer is uh, until the end. And then we break the freaking fourth wall. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, and then Path of Evil to me is just, I mean, it's, it's almost two hours long. We shot like 26 hours of footage um, for that movie. And so wow. I'm, te- I'm tempted and I have it all. Um, so I'm tempted to do a writer's cut. Are you going to release the Snyder cut? Of Path of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I actually, I actually read, I downloaded some of the footage and recut like the opening, I don't know, eight, nine minutes of it. Um, but it's just such a pain. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. I can't do it. Um, so yeah, so, so that was what kind of happened. Why we ended up doing path of evil. That's interesting. So, then you can probably clarify this as nobody else can. So in Harvest of Fear, at the end, and and I'm assuming anyone listening at this point has either heard our episode of it and saw the movie. There was, you know, so spoiler <laughs> alert for anyone watching. What would you say the motivation was for Billy? I because I, I kept bumping up to, they want more bodies dot 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 profit and i wasn't sure what the dot 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 was so his um so his dad was that was the we want more bodies thing right because if he does more work then he gets promoted and goes off to the big city okay um again i don't know why a town the size of devil's lake has its own corner um or or it's paid by the body apparently or or, or why the hell the fbi never came in when there is these (laughs) mass killings happening (laughs) or the fact that the sheriff can stand there and say, although there have been seven murders, we do not feel any are connected. (laughs) Um, There's no cause for alarm. (laughs) Uh, But no, so Billy's motivation basically was he was just going to follow in his father's footsteps. Okay. So there, there was really no, um, you know, nothing else 
I th- yeah, I think I just got, kept getting tripped up on the math of how more bodies equaled a, a, a better coroner's placement. Something like that. I'm not familiar with the coroner's path to success, so maybe that's... You wouldn't understand. <laughs> I would <never> <laughs> Call it the coroner's code. <laughs> so... Uh, was the did the experience of filming Path of Evil turn out to be as good of an experience as filming Harvest of Fear? Uh, no, it was we we butted heads a lot. Um, I didn't even sit through the whole premiere. Um, it, it was just a it was one of those those things where you you make you make something and you have fun doing it. So you're going to make the next one. But everybody's egos just get bigger and bigger after you make the first one. And so now it's sequelitis where it's got to be bigger. It's got to be better. It's got to have more stuff. It's got to do this, that, and the other thing. Where I was more um, uh, in the camp of let's just keep it how it is. And, and you know, because of what was wrong with the first one. Right. You know? And so we tried to... So anyways, yeah, the, the whole script, uh, the writing process in the second one, once I kind of handed it off. I just kind of stayed away from it and just did my role. And that's why you see um, Lee Silver disappears in that movie. Um, he's, he doesn't, I don't think I show, my character doesn't show up until like 12 or 13 minutes in and then disappears for a good hour plus. Um, so that wasn't, you know, in the script, I was in it more, but, you know, is what it is. So then after, after Path of Evil, um, you do lockdown. Yep. Um, and then, and then, Oh, I lost my, sorry. I lost my place. <laughs> uh, so it, it was there a point where you were hoping that you wanted to do this full time or was it always just like, it sounds like the fun, fun thing to do with friends and like do these projects. Like where, where, where did you want, where were you headed at that point after path of evil? Um, after that, so I've written probably finished scripts about 16, um, and then probably have another 10 that are just portions. Um, so writing is my passion. Filmmaking is my passion, but there's this thing called wife and kids and having to pay the bills. And so I actually have to have a real job. So, um, like, it's funny. I mean, I, I did uh, location manager, um, and transportation on cabin fever when they rebooted that here a couple years ago. Um, I was Sean Astin's uh, assistant on a movie called Bigger Than the the Sky uh, that he filmed up here. So I hung out with him in his trailer for, you know, a good two, three weeks. Um, That's cool. And uh, his mom was, uh, uh, Patty Hearst was also in it, or uh, uh, no, it's Patty. uh, Oh, yeah, I forget. I just heard this too. Patty Duke. Patty Sorry. Duke. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so she she was there. I met her. Talked to her for a little bit. Um, his dad, John Aston. You know, we talked on the phone to him. Um, Sean was just a great guy. But it's, it was just I've always kind of found my way to get on movies or uh, work little kind of different side things on them. So it's it's always been fun. Um, and then uh, ended up uh, writing and directing and producing Hands of Time, um, which I did uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because it looks like all of a sudden uh, the stuff you've got in pre-production and coming up uh, is all of a sudden there's lots of stuff there, which is exciting. Yep. So what is what is Hands of Time? Hands of Time is a thought provoking, uh, faith based, beautiful movie about a man who loses himself and finds himself. 
Okay, nice. whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually um, it it was funny because uh, I had written a thriller that took place in a bar. I was going to shoot at the barrel room at my brother's bar, and um, Justin Ament again. So he's the lead in Hands of Time. So he played Jake Barker in Path of Evil and Harvest of Fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, wait and, a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Is this is this the movie that stars Circus Peanuts? Yes. Oh my gosh, I totally watched this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I told yeah, I totally watched this. And I was I was beside myself that not only circus peanuts like were just briefly mentioned, but like play a rather large role in this film. Yes. So yeah, I, I really I remember watching it. I, I enjoyed it. Love it. How did you find it, Todd? I forget now because we must have talked to you and it must be somewhere. It's on YouTube. Okay, that's probably where I found it. Somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, The funny thing about the circus peanut thing is, um, I went. I only found them at Walgreens, and I'd go in, and I they had like two bags, and so I bought the two bags of circus peanuts, and then and we would shoot on um, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And so I'd go in on the weekend, I'd buy the circus peanuts, we'd shoot. The next weekend, I'd go back in, I'd get the two bags. And after the third week, I went back in, and suddenly they got like 12 bags of circus peanuts. <laughs> you know, because that's how inventory works, right? In the store, like if they see something moving, they're going to, you know, order more of it in. Um, so I felt horrible that I made Walgreens, you know, probably buy way too many circus peanuts. But as we know, a circus peanut will last forever because it's just sugar that's, that's and food right. coloring. Yeah, I, I literally gave them to my mother the last time I saw her as <laughs> as a gift. That and Necco wafers. I oh, I love them. But yes, it was funny. You mentioned faith-based. I was like a faith-based movie with circus peanuts may as well have been co-written by me. So I was <laughs> yep. very intrigued by that, by that whole Venn diagram. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun one. And the other cool thing about it too, is since we were shooting in a bar, normally when you shoot in a bar, you have to turn all the bottles around, you know, cause you can't show the labels. And so what I did is I went to all the local distilleries and just said, hey, I'm shooting a movie. Here's what it's about. Um, We're going to be very responsible about, you know, no drinking and driving and no, you know, things like that. Um, And would you be willing to donate a couple of live bottles, so a couple of real bottles and then just empty bottles that we'll just fill? Um, And so I I had aviation gin, had all the, the New Deal vodka, had kind of all those uh, different distilleries were able to kind of just step up and, and donate stuff. So I, I felt it was kind of a, you know, my little way of giving back to, you know, Portland and, and to what we do. So that's the secret to free booze. Hey, we're filming a movie. We're filming a movie. <laughs> that's why I needed those live bottles. <laughs> Got to sample the product. Yep. <clears throat> wow. That's so funny that I totally, I totally watched hands of time. <laughs> So, so so you're the one. I I am the one. <laughs> so where does that leave you uh, right now? Uh, what do you have that you're working on and that you're hoping to do next? So after all of the amazing reviews, um, podcasts, and feelings towards Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil, I just want to say we've heard you loud and clear, <laughs> and I am currently writing the third one. Yes. I, applause, uh, <laughs> applause, applause. Last uh, last Friday, I sat down and pounded out 32 pages. And wow. so the first third is done. Um, uh, Lee Silver is back. 
uh, Jake Barker will be back. We have some other surprises of folks that will be back. Um, this is one of the most fun things I've ever written because I'm writing for three different audiences. I'm writing for somebody who's never seen the other two movies. I'm writing for somebody who has seen the other two movies, or I'm writing for someone who's maybe just seen one of the two movies. Uh. And so people that are going to watch it are going to come from different points of view. Um, but really the exciting thing for me is the fact that, that I talked about this original sequel script that I had a lot of that. I'm able to bring back into this one. Okay. Um, because nice. go ahead. I was yeah. going to say, and I'm not telling you to write an opening, a scream-like opening where Drew Barrymore gets knocked off using the Unipiper instead of uh, Drew Barrymore. So, but, you know, you always could. Or if you other need, I've been a corpse before, as I've mentioned, so I, I, I have experience. I can breathe on a table just as good as anyone else. Uh, believe, believe me, when, um, when we start this thing up, I will be inviting everybody who has ever um, had a comment or a review or got any sense of enjoyment out of the, those two. And I'm going to invite people to be extras and be in this thing because it is, um, it, it's fun and it will, the closure, I think that it will deliver um, not only for me, just, you know, be able to say, Hey, we, you know, we did it. Um, but I think for people who watch them will, will get a lot of the silly callbacks and things like that to the, to the first ones. Well, we would <laughs> love to do a set visit, uh, when that happens. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm looking at Cicada again too. Um, awesome. you know, to kind of keep it, keep it that same, that same feel. Um, I still have my sheriff's uniform, <laughs> nice. um, and it kind of fits. So, but, but again, it's been 15 years. Um, this will all, this, it also takes place kind of real time where it's, you know, 15, 16 years later. Um, so I'm not messing around with any kind of, you know, age hijinks or anything like that. And the other funny thing too, is at the end of path of evil, where the kid wakes up young, young Jake, yeah wakes up which would mean and i never knew that they did that until i actually saw the movie <laughs> on dvd um so if he woke up and the whole thing was a dream which would have meant none of that happened which would have also meant none of harvest of fear happened right so i don't know what's going on there it's it's getting very like <laughs> terminator in its timeline totally. where, like we need a big wall with the strings going back and forth and like who is what and yep oh oh my gosh but no i uh okay uh can i read a couple of the notes oh yeah yeah yes, yeah yes, from yes. Your... please okay here is one um this is a terrible terrible <laughs> terrible terrible movie um <laughs> A thing to hate. Um, <laughs> one of you asked one of the other, are you really trying to defend this movie? I, uh, I uh, was. This movie is so dumb. I was defending. Um, I think I was defending like it, right? Me so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this show is really going down here from this point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Longest topless scene ever <laughs> flopping <laughs> flopping around in the breeze i believe that one was me <laughs> uh a dude peeing can just 
stop or something. Bro dudes, bro dudes came out a lot. Nice. Um, oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the men men's room sign and made that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's just kind of some of the wow. oh, Craig, just the, Craig the highlights. Teen, Craig T. Nelson body uh, double some some reference. Out. It was be it was because um and I forget his name every time the guy who uh, was oh. the, the sheriff in the Goonies yes yes Kurt Hansen Kurt Hansen Kurt yes. Hansen he looks he looked like a, a mix of Craig T Nelson and Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> yes, yes. to me which is a fantastic line that <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, was Kurt how did you guys uh, find uh, Kurt since he's he just shows up in like half of the movies that we watch. Again, he when we were doing our casting, we were uh, one of the casting directors was just like, "Hey, how about this guy?" And we're like, "Cool." And we didn't we we didn't realize who he was until he was on set, and somebody's like, "Hey, you were in Goonies," and then it's like, "Oh shit, awesome!" Um, but super nice guy. Um, yeah, he he was he was a blast to work with. And all the cast was was just and crew were were great. And that's awesome. Just just fun fun to work with. That's cool. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> it, I, listen, listening to our own material back like that, now I have a new vantage point of what it feels like to be the subject of, of one of our movies. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's funny because I also stumbled upon uh, this guy in Toronto who did podcasts on both Harvest and Path. Oh, and wow. he also broke down, like went line by line of the movie almost, and figured out that when the kids are saying... Um, they don't want to leave because they've already paid for the rental of the house, <laughs> even though their friends just got murdered. Yes. Um, <laughs> he broke it down to like, they were saving like $162 or something <laughs> based on the eight people staying at the house. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, I was like, Oh my God, that is amazing. Like it, it's, but there's so many. And that, so that is one thing where we just like, as the writer, I just painted myself into a corner. Right, and so I had to come up with a line, and I came up with that line on set of, "Well, we've already paid for; they're not going to give us our money back." You know, it's just like Jesus. But it was like, okay, you got to find a solution. Yeah, you got to do something. And I also didn't realize until uh, this other person pointed it out was, Stacy actually lives next door to the house where everybody's getting murdered. <laughs> I was wondering about the geography of it of that town. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little confusing. Yeah, so I, I I'm still a little little thrown off by that. But oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. So in in what ways is making these uh, films shaped the rest of your life? <laughs> Shape the rest of my life. Um, one thing it's it's created friendships out of the people that I worked with. Um, two, it's created things where I can share stuff that I have done with family and friends, um, and they can kind of enjoy, you know, they can see, they know how passionate I am about it and then they can see how much I enjoy it. Um, and they, they also, um, they can see that I understand the stuff isn't like the greatest thing in the world, but it's to me at the end of the day, like I said earlier, if, if other people can get some sort of enjoyment or something out of it, then it's a win. Um, and so I think the biggest way it's shaped my life is just being able to, um, put a smile on somebody's face or make somebody think about something or have somebody else's creative juices flow because of something goofy I did or something I, I created. That's awesome. 
the the very much the same thing could be said about this show. The quality is questionable, but at least there's some passion behind it. We, we have heart. <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I mean, I when I listened to it, I was dying. I mean, it was like because you guys were it, hitting on everything in such a like a perfect way. Because it it wasn't like you were sh- you just shitting on it just to shit on it. No, 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 no. It, it was it was you were mocking it because it's mockable. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's where it was like, oh my God. That's why I had to reach out because I'm like, oh my God, this is so this is fantastic. Well, yeah. I guess we was... were we were genuinely responding to something that was genuinely put together. Yeah. <laughs> there you there go. There we go. That's the that's the tagline of this podcast. <laughs> I might have to use that line in the next movie. <laughs> I do believe that one of the things Brian said was that it's kind of like uh, Evil Dead 2, but he was comparing it to something completely unrelated somehow. I think there was more to that context. Yeah, I think so. I, I, think, you I, guys should, I think you guys shut that down real quick after you said that. <laughs> but then I compared it to Jaws, so I yes. think we're, we're all guilty of something here. God. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's fun stuff, man. I, I, I tell you, it's... And again, just kind of talking about it and, and talking with you guys about it is, is just fun to me. Well, and one of the things after you initially reached out to us and, and the three of us were trying to gauge like how like how much should we engage with this person? And and <laughs> I know Brian and I are big, uh, big fans of the YouTube channel Red Letter Media, and they do a series uh, where they look at B movies that they love, you know, that they hate. And so they they had these same conversations where like it's so fun to pick apart movies like this because that's part of the fun of these movies and as soon as we kind of gauged oh he's totally aware of what this yeah. is and what it was supposed <laughs> like then that's awesome because that makes it even better like yeah such a better experience for well, us too. easier conversation easier conversation <laughs> and they're fun to watch like yeah you just can't go too deep you know but no but no. Right. They're fun and to they're watch. great if you have a couple of drinks in you. Absolutely. You know? Totally. Totally. <laughs> wow. No, I, I just I yeah, I think the um I think there there are people who are take their stuff way too seriously. And you know, if you can laugh at it and if you can enjoy it, then you know, life's too short to, you know, get all defensive and, and stuff. Right. Um and it's just so much more fun to to laugh about it. Well, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I've been an advertising <clears throat> copywriter for 20 years now, and I've had my hand in plenty of creative things that have not turned out at all. Like I wanted or hoped or so. And just, that's just part of the process. And that's why it is fun because like you have to overcome these things that you didn't. And it just, that is all a part of creativity of any kind is, is those challenges and obstacles and trying to just put out the thing that is the best that you can. And just, Put it out there and say it's not that great, but I made it and it's mine. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's that's the big point of it is is it's something that was personal uh, that I wrote and then and put it out there and and again, I mean, you can hire anybody you want, but you don't know, especially on a movie, like you hire actors and actresses and you're stuck with them. <laughs> I mean, there was a scene where we've got a group of them in. A room. So uh, there's the scene where we tell the story uh, three different ways. So you've got Billy and Stacy at the bar, you've got the kids in the house, and you got the cops at the sheriff's station. And that was my way of just trying to break it up 
yeah. you know, instead of having somebody just give all the exposition. Um, but the kids in the house could not get through the scene. And so they spent, I think, a whole day just trying to get through that. And wow. then we end up with, I think, the, the, the guy and the girl that are making out. <laughs> that guy was the boom operator. <laughs> um, so... Uh, cause we had, so a lot of people in the harvest fest party too, were like part of the crew because we need sure. to fill, you know, <clears throat> but yeah. So uh, again, you can hire people, but you never know what kind of performance you're going to get. And it's different if somebody is auditioning in front of you and then you second, second they're on set and you turn on the camera, Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like all bets are off and it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, half of acting is just being able to do anything on cue, whether or not, you know, to tune all that stuff out and just plunge forward. So that's, yep. that's amazing. <laughs> so are now there... oh, go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was going to say any, um, you know, other funny behind the scenes stories worth sharing. Um, I, I think the, so on, on harvest, obviously the, the main thing, the best one was the, uh, the corpse breathing and just, and her running topless forever. Um, we, we actually, we had to reshoot that. Oh no. Cause the first time we shot it and this might sound ridiculous was too dark because in the move, the final one is super dark. Like when they're sitting, you know, so yeah. was, we just couldn't get it right. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a cold night and it was like, okay, just start running. And, and again, we're, they're like running through the woods. Like, it's not like we had a path cleared. Yeah. You know, and then the killer tries to hit her with a guitar and whatever. Um, so, so that was, that was good. Um, I think the, the fact that they just treated us like the Hollywoods one night, uh, we were done shooting. I'm still wearing my, uh, sheriff's, uh, costume. They was actually Clackamas County Sheriff official uniforms that we had. Um, oh, really? Um, and I, uh, and I go through the drive through and the guy's like, uh, have a good day, uh, officer. <laughs> and, and i'm like yeah yeah and i look in the mirror and i'm like uh, okay is this legal should i be driving around dressed as a uh Clackamas county sheriff um but it, yeah that was fun um path of evil also we we shot at uh wapato the um jail that has never been opened that was right. 55 million dollars you know just mm, wasted wow. or whatever um but that was super cool to just kind of hang out there and, and shoot there yeah. um yeah, but no, yeah, it, it was just, it was fun to do. Um, and then just this, the basic uh, stuff that just, you think you're you're shooting um, a good movie or a good scene, and then somebody just blows it, you know, in the middle of it, and you just like have to redo it, and then you just don't have that same, same feeling again. Um, I also didn't realize, since it was my first acting gig, that when you're doing a scene where you're eating food, you're not supposed to be <laughs> eating all the food, <laughs> because... Like my plate changes, like the food on the plate changes because I'm just eating breakfast and uh, like, like okay, whatever. Ten thousand um, waffles later. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that's kind of crazy. On um, when I worked on Cabin Fever, we're out in Malala, and um, the final scene they were had they had the uh, the police and the fire uh, uh, firefighters and you know all these people there, and so I grabbed my Lee Silver uniform put it on and the director's like oh you look awesome i'm gonna give you some lines and i'm gonna put you in the movie so i'm gonna now work 
and do a couple lines for cabin fever, which I ended up becoming SAG eligible after that. Um, But this is so talk about like a bigger budget movie versus harvest of fear. So we've got multiple cameras and the scene is the shed is on fire. They're putting the shed out and I'm standing kind of in the middle and the camera is looking right at me. And on the other side, we've got the uh, firefighter with a fire hose. So they go action. I do my line. The water is shot over my head and directly at the camera. (laughs) And so they shot, basically took out a camera with a fire hose. Um, (laughs) So I kind of, uh, yeah, so that scene went away. So I didn't get my, my, you know, two minutes of fame on that one, but, uh, and then I also found Bigfoot tracks um, one night. Uh, on set it's about two in the morning everybody was at set i was at base camp and i was walking back and i looked down and i see like this looks like a big footprint and um and so i took my i took a picture of it and then i took my shoe off and sat it next to it and took a picture of it um and i don't know if it was a track or not but it definitely looked like one and wow it wasn't anywhere else, but you could see look toes and the whole thing. So, wow, that was that was kind of a cool, uh, cool little ex- experience. Well, you may be interested in a little movie called Sasquatch: The Legend of Bigfoot, <laughs> filmed in Eastern Oregon. <clears throat> well, I, I, I actually I don't want to watch it because I've got one that I've written called Bigfoot 3D, um, <laughs> and it, it's basically Jaws in the woods. So everybody's nice. coming to town, you know. So basically people get killed by Bigfoot in the woods. And then the mayor, we got to shut this thing down. The mayor's yeah. like, no, we got to keep it open because we, you know, we've got the big festival coming up, you know? So it's, it's jaws in the woods. <laughs> yes. There's a real good. festivals through line in your work. <laughs> when they, when they have your career retrospective, there'll be a whole. <laughs> and the fact that there's really no festival in any of the movies, which I think is great. <laughs> And I'm going to ask one more question about uh, uh, Harvest of Fear that I could never figure out. So there's the the older man kind of hillbilly guy that has the son that you see every now and then. (laughs) Yes. Who his own son is in jail. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And the old man has the knowledge that can set his own son free but chooses not to, and then just ends up getting killed at the end by the killer. Was there a piece, a puzzle that was missing that I'm not connecting? Why, what his motivation for not telling what he knew? Uh, no. (laughs) Perfect. No, no, no. He, he literally could have ended the movie after his opening monologue about the small town by just revealing who the killer is. Devil's Lake, a place that people were killed by the coroner. The end. 15th president. Hey, that was my little political history thing I had to throw in there. I thought it was a clever line, right? That was nice. I thought it was, I I liked it. I actually had to research it. Um, (laughs) But no, yeah. And and I love the fact that his other son, who's just out walking the dog at night, because that's what he does. (laughs) Also, it's like whittling or playing with the doll or like (laughs) give him something to do. Yeah. And the sheriff goes to him, to the old guy, just to get his answers, but leaves with nothing. Yeah. Other than another riddle. (laughs) Who has the most to gain? 
Oh, so funny. Well, is there anything else you want to, what, what's coming up with you, how we can find out more about your projects, all of that? No, I, I think that like with Hands of Time, having that kind of out there now. I, well, I was going to re-ask about that because I did a quick YouTube search and now I can't find it on YouTube. So is there something that I should be specifically searching for besides I, I, Hands of Time movie Ted Pfeiffer? <laughs> which seems specific, but maybe... Which, which seems it should be <laughs> a logical way to search. Um, I actually now have it on my website as well. Um, maybe that's where I watched it. That can be watched from, yeah, on realinsiderfilms.com. There's okay. my plug. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. But it's, it's there now, too. I've got actually um, Harvest is on there. Um, Hands of Time is on there. And I think like the first 18 minutes of Path, because that's all I can rip with this <laughs> free DVD <laughs> ripper I downloaded. Um, and uh, uh, We know people. They can help you. If you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> there we may, go. that may show up on a YouTube channel near, <laughs> near me somewhere. And um, then Lockdown is on there, too. And that was a short that I, I uh, did. And... Um, uh, the morning of shooting, we're only doing a two-day shoot. In the morning of shooting the first day, the lead actor calls me and says, my wife just went into labor, um, so I can't make it. Oh, and wow. so I'm like, shit, what do I do? Um, so I said, well, I wrote it. I know the words, so I just played the role. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> But that's that's yeah. independent filmmaking, right? That's awesome. Well, you know, and, and both Path of Evil and Harvest of Evil are available at Movie Madness. Um, ooh, I don't know if nice. Movie Madness is back open right now yet, but um, yeah, that's where that's where we saw that's where we saw it. I, they're available on Amazon too, if you would like yep. a a copy of your own. Um, and they're, well, they're merged with all these other weird slasher films. You know, and I mean, yeah, I'm assuming it shows up on a lot of compilations where it's like 20 horror movies for five dollars or yeah, whatever. And we're not getting a cut of that because we have we have the rights now back for Harvest. Oh, wow, Pass. nice. Um, and that's why we're making the third one because we're like, we'll just release them all <clears> and you know, perfect, do something like that. The Trinity, so. the, the trilogy, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or the, the Trinity, as Mark just said, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the trilogy nobody wanted or asked for. <laughs> Ah, awesome. Well, anyone, Brian, Mark, any any more things that are we're dying to know? No, I just got to say that uh, Cabin Fever has been on our list for a while. We haven't gotten yep. to it yet, but uh, when we do, we may hit you back with some more questions. That should be our Halloween movie this year. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I, I was uh, I was on set every day of that thing and have got some uh, got some stories on that one. Nice. Nice. Yeah, well, well, any any stories about Dr. Giggles while we're here? Um, my, so my brother was working on that. That's how he got me on that. Um, they were, we were filming down at Oaks park. Yeah. Um, my wife and I went down and she didn't understand the fact that when you're on set, you're supposed to be quiet. Um, <laughs> and so she got yelled at by the director. Oh no. She got the, we'll go when everybody's quiet. Oh, and we looked right over at her. So we were down there as guests, and uh, we got excused pretty quickly. Oh, what what were they filming at Oaks Park? That was the the fair. Yeah, so they had the, oh, yeah, they yeah. Had oh, the yeah. mirror thing, and the that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, festivals, festivals. Oh, I've got this great script that I wrote centered around Oaks Park as well. Um, there we go. Well. 
I'm I'm excited <laughs> to have more t- Ted Pfeiffer in the canon. Absolutely, that we, can, that we can do here. So, well, I I really appreciate you getting a, getting a hold of us and reaching out and, and being being part of this and coming <clears throat> on the show. It's been really really awesome, and I'm really really glad we were all able to do it. Yeah, Absolutely. and I just I just want to say thank you um, so much for doing those first two shows um, because it definitely put a smile on my face, and um, I, I I just I, I love the fact um, like I, the quotes were amazing. Um, <laughs> it, it was just it was just a fu- a great listen, and awesome. that's what I'm guessing you guys are trying to do yep. is put something out there that that people will enjoy. <clears throat> and you got you got a huge fan in me. Um, and I'm glad I was able to find it on there and hopefully you can get a Facebook page again. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, well that, that, look at that. Look at who's tying nice a bow segue. on this whole conversation. Who's the writer now? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So we, we got our Facebook page taken down. So anyone who usually got their updates through that, um, I hope you were subscribers and are listening to this, but, um, I don't know if we'll be able to get that back, but we do all have all of our shows up at Portland at the movies.com. We still do have a, a YouTube page where we post videos, um, of us recording. So you can see this, uh, video we're doing right now with um with ted so check that out but just make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you can find podcasts and you won't miss anything um but that's why we are gone from from facebook i'm bummed because because ted williams who is the director of oregon film was always like the first person to like our posts on that and i'm like oh no i hope he was a subscriber <laughs> now he'll never know so yes spread the word and just make sure you're subscribed to that so um also, listen to FunEmploymentRadio.com. They're doing new shows every week. Their show last Friday was really, really good, so go back and listen to that. Uh, you can hear Geek in the City there, too. Um, other than that, um, at some point, I'll add something to the end of this to take us out with. So um, thank you, Mark, for doing all the tech for this, wrangling this together. And once again, Ted, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Reach out for all of your project needs. You have three willing participants <laughs> right here. Absolutely. So Awesome. Thanks again. We We'll talk to you all later. Thanks, guys.